everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mature Audiences Mayhem. My name is Glenn King. It is my great honor to bring you this podcast where we talk about the things that other podcasts either cannot or will not talk about or fear to talk about. That is things that are for mature audiences only. And today, well, today we have a very special guest. Not only is she one of my oldest friends in the business, not only is she one of the greatest superstars in the history of the business she is uh, but also this is a special occasion because this is her first podcast and uh, so i'm very proud to be bringing on the great kiana dior for her first podcast yay thank you for having me glenn thank you i'm so happy to have you on here uh for those of you you know you know people tell me that the best episodes of the podcast are when I just bring on an old friend and we just talk stories and, and all the great things that, you know, from the times that we had in the past. Uh, you're one of the things I miss about California, having moved to Las Vegas. We used to see each other at the farmer's market every week. Yep. <laughs> you and your little cutie, um, Sophia. I think Sophia has passed now or no? Yeah, yes. yes, it's been over four years. Yeah, that's well, that's about the amount of time I've been gone from Las Vegas or from California. It's four years. I can't believe it. I actually, I didn't go to the market for a long time and I went last week. It's completely different ever since COVID. Uh, do they still have my special juice I used to buy, the combination? You know, there's not as many um, like little market, you know, the vendors, there's, and it's all moved around. So it was kind of hard for me to tell. There's some people that are still there, like the annoying guy that sells sprouts that like has to holler at me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he, I'm like, fuck, of course that guy's still there, but my flower girl isn't. <laughs> you know, you can't really go anywhere though without being spotted and recognized. I remember you and I had uh, a yogurt one time at a mall and there was like a line of people around the building to get your autograph. Is it still like that for you? I mean, because um, you really haven't performed as much over the last few years. Um, sometimes, but actually I have been performing a lot, but like on my OnlyFans. Yes. So, and I did a pretty crazy wild bukkake. I went all the way to Tokyo. So I've been doing actually some like um, fun things. I did my first DVP, um, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a double vaginal penetration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that. You know, I've, I've taken on some BBC and um yeah having taken a lot of big cocks lately <laughs> Sorry. okay so I'm you're still back. working but but first yeah. but let me get back to the question like being recognized does this still happen a lot to you these days when was the last time you went out in public because <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess in covid we don't go out anymore do we no i know so yeah to the grocery store but then like you know i'm in a mask or if I go to Costco or something, I'm in a mask and a shield, face shield, and gloves. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I love it, but I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, no. I mean, since um, like it, you know, Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So you actually still get recognized a lot, and because like I walk around without wearing makeup. A lot. <laughs> 
yeah. now because of that they do recognize <laughs> i mean let's face it it's it's going to be your boobs that people spot first um what size are your boobs they are triple d uh, what number is your bra size? So, like, are you like a 48 something, tri 48 triple D? Uh, no, I'm like a 36 okay. around. A 36 huh. around. 36 triple D. I mean, you know, they're, they're, of course, you're a small girl to start with uh, at 5'3 or so, but the boobs definitely stand out quite a bit. I know. I was like, they're so big. I was like looking at a picture. I'm like, I have to hold them up. Otherwise, I look like short-waisted or something. I'm like, oh my God, I have curbs. Seriously, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Well, all right. So what's really the story there? Before you got your boobs put in, I don't think they're real, right? <laughs> no. Before you got your boobs no. put in, what size were you? Um, I was like a really nice, like a big full D. Yeah. So then were you a dancer and decided to get them enhanced or, or how did the decision come about? Yeah. No, actually, you know what? I met the, um, I had a boyfriend and he really liked big, big tits. Yeah. So he convinced me into it. What a nice guy and got me into dancing. <laughs> so the boobs came first and then the dancing. And this was in, and, in Canada or in the United yeah, States? Okay. In Canada. And I was like so nervous. I started off doing this wet t-shirt contest and I was so nervous because I have a large family. My family's very well known in British Columbia. Like, you know, my grandpa was such a hard worker and like my whole family was, you could go anywhere. Like they would, they would, you know, oh, you're a, you know, know my last name, girl. I'm yeah. like, yes, I am. You know, my grandpa had such a, you know, everybody just loved him. You know, I could get whatever and put it on a towel. <laughs> so I was so, so scared. Bad. I made my girlfriend, <laughs> my boyfriend's uh, twin brother, I, I made them like take me to uh, Alberta to do a wet teacher contest. I was so worried because I, plus I know so many people growing up and my family. Yeah. I was like, there is no way. <laughs> so you were how old at the time? I can't remember. Like, I was in my 20s. Okay. So, so but still, your 20s, my family. You decided to try a wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> I know. To see if I would want to go dancing or something. Okay. Oh, my and God. I was in the bathroom. I was so nervous. Yeah. I think I had about, like, six little peas and... <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in there and I could hear them calling my name and I'm like oh no there's no way I'm like oh my god is this really happening <laughs> so you did it though and how did it go did you win the contest or did the crowd you love you what? there wasn't even like really that many people there and then it was supposed to be all amateurs yeah or like you know and I was like really the only in they just I think they picked I didn't win I think they picked like there was a, a dancer girl there and it was like their friend so I think they kind of just rigged it for her to win yeah always. he obviously wasn't an amateur or anybody knew yep but whatever okay <laughs> so but you had a great night and that led you to start dancing mm-hmm and so then you're working as a as a stripper in Canada yep. And now when did, so then the boob job comes in, 
when you're dancing and you suddenly find yourself this giant triple G, uh, triple D dancer who's getting all the money in the club? <laughs> yeah, sort of, something, something like that. I actually, uh, yeah, no, I actually had my boobs done and then before I went in there, I could have actually just left my boobs alone. I really didn't need to get a boob job. Well, I mean, yeah. you were somewhat of a unicorn to start with there because you're you're of chinese descent i believe mm-hmm so half. Uh, half chinese i think and half scottish is what i read on the internet What's yes that? is that right scottish, yeah scottish oh, okay. and irish it's so rare that the internet is right about things like this um okay so you're half chinese half scottish with giant with big boobs that's pretty unusual to start with then when you had them enhanced you were somewhat amongst like maybe five women in the world that could really, you know, describe themselves that way in the world of adult entertainment. Yeah, so I guess so. you must have stood out. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it at the time. But still, like, you know, it kind of worked for me and it kind of was like, it was still like, uh, it was a little frustrating because it was still like a really kind of like a, for the features, for the first while they always like picked like the, I hate being this, but like it was like the all the white girls with the like the blonde hair and the big boobs. Not saying that they didn't deserve it, but you know, it took me a little while to uh, become a feature because of that. Yeah, I mean, that's not being racial. That's just so. the facts of you know marketing in the world of feature entertainment. Blondes with big boobs, you know, Pamela Andersons are guaranteed easy money for the club so well especially back then but now i i really think it's it's changing i mean i mean i don't know if you have the it factor and if you yes. fit the bill you, you should just be fine <laughs> like eventually they can't like you know and there's like a lot of asians in vancouver obviously over the years so okay i did well i was like i was fine as long as like i made my money i got all my shows you know so i still did good i was just like oh okay <laughs> sure. i'm not on their brochure again but eventually they oh, just wow. couldn't handle it because i had like such like a big following yeah. so they couldn't you know deny it anymore and i was okay. just having fun so that's interesting because a lot for for most girls these days first they become a porn superstar and then they become a feature dancer to leverage off the fan base that they built as a porn star but i think you're saying that you became a feature dancer first and porn mm -hmm. star second yeah so then how did that happen Oh, I just came down and um, I wanted to do some photo shoots and stuff to raise my, my price. Yeah. You just, you know, magazines, like, you know, cause then you can say, oh, you're whatever, whatever. Um, so I just did a couple magazines and then. Well, who got you those gigs? Was it Jim South? No, 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 no. I knew Shay and I came down with her. I did, I, did, I did yeah i did meet jim south once okay or twice in the office like vaguely but um what what year are we talking here now gosh like no I this would have been the mid 90s or something right no it wasn't everybody keeps saying the 90s and i've seen some people um writing the 90s but honestly i didn't come down here to do that 
Um, Because I was in esthetician school in Vancouver, and I wanted, I was just kind of sneaking down here, and on my, on my boyfriend at the time, and I was like, (laughs) oh, it's okay, it's this girl, girl, or solo stuff, like, whatever, you know, (laughs) well, it's not like he was like, you know, Um, but then I graduated my esthetician school at, like, November 2001, so it has to be, like, I, you know, I finished off my, my class, my course. So I'd have a trade in case it completely backfired on me. So okay. I'd have something to fall back on to. So. Yes. We all did that back in the 2000s, right? In the beginning. Because it was, <laughs> funny thing about the industry is that it was going through a transition right about 2000 to 2003-ish where VHS tapes were dying out and DVDs and digital were taking over. And so there was a lot of uncertainty in the industry, which is always a great opportunity. Uh, you know, for those of you listening out there, a lot of my fans are small producers or people that want to get into the industry that way. And I would tell you guys that uh, whenever people say the porn industry is dying, it's dead, it's dead, you know, then that's when your opportunity is. There's always usually something that is happening that set, brings the next generation into play. So we're talking about 2002, 2003-ish, which is right about the time I got in the business too. You came down with Shea Sites, did some photo shoots, and then who said, hey, why don't you come do a porn movie? Um, well, it just like, it just happened. So they just kept offering it to me. And I was really going to just start off doing girl, girl, but I think I only did like two or three. (laughs) And I just like started doing hardcore and it was just all hardcore, like, you know, just took off from there for years. You had no agent? No. Amazing. Back then everyone had an agent. Well, sometimes we use this one independent guy. I think his name was Cam or something a little bit. But then I just kind of knew everybody. We just like knew everybody. So it was like, you know, it was a a much smaller community. And, you know, we were just, hey, (laughs) what are you doing this day? (laughs) That is true. No, you're right. I remember that. that. Although... You know, in the beginning, I think Jim South was kind of the only agent when I got in the business. Um, Cam Smith, who who you just mentioned, Cam used to uh, hit me up all the time and say, I know this girl or that girl. And he never took an agency fee or anything. And then, there, you know, and Cam, by the way, went on to work for Motley Models at one point, somewhat recently, I think. Oh, really? Oh, I always wondered what happened to him. He was a nice guy. Yeah. He was a like nice just guy. a couple things. Like I was mostly independent. Yeah, I remember I met some of the talent through um, David Christopher. Uh, of course, we both know him. Yeah. And then, but I might have met you through Bill Fox, actually. I love Bill, but actually, I think I met you on my own. Do you remember at that one expo? You were walking around. You were brand new. You uh-huh. walked around. Crystal Summers. Crystal White. Or Crystal White. Okay, yeah. sorry. It's been a, yeah. that was a, like a long time ago. And you guys were just friendly. I was like, who's that guy with that hot chick with the smoking body? <laughs> uh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it helps to have somebody like that when yeah. you first get in the industry. It's and certainly you really nice too, you know? You were like nice. Yes, I am nice. 
uh, although <laughs> maybe not as nice as I used to be back then, but um, I understand that. And I, I also remember, I think, meeting you at David's house maybe one time because there had been a scene that you and Santa Fe did together for David that mm -hmm. I thought was one of the best scenes that he had ever done that he ever directed. And I remember telling you that this scene was amazing. And you go, really? What'd you like about it? And, <laughs> and it's like, that I had to... Wild scene. <laughs> it was a great question. And I had to think about it. And I was like, and it, well, but here's the thing. It, it ended up having an impact on everything I've ever shot since then, because it made me really? think about wow. what you. does make a video great. Like, you know, you, you watch them as a fan. A lot of times you watch and just go, well, I love this one, this one, and this one without ever thinking about why you love them so much. Yeah. And so at the time I had to think about, uh, cause you put me on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. What did you like about it? I'm like, uh, you know, I you, still, don't, you know what? I still do that to some some fans every once in a while. They'll say that. So that is, I probably I probably did do that because that is something I still do time to time. I'll ask them, well, what did you like about it? Good. <laughs> it's a great question. And the answer after thinking about it was there was verbal chemistry between the two girls. All the dialogue that you girls were doing you know, I mean, it's, yeah, there were two hot girls with big boobs in the scene sitting on David's face. Uh, but more importantly, there was this, this verbal, um, you know, dirty talk going back and forth between you and Santa, which was amazing. And it made the scene memorable. And since then, I've always tried to have my scenes, um, you know, I, I spend probably 20 minutes with the performer before each scene talking about what we're going to say in the scene. And, ver and giving their things to say and, and when to say them and, you know, just having her think about the dialogue that, that's going to go with the scene. So, yeah. And plus, too, I mean, I really wanted to talk with her and be cool with her because I also knew that at first I was feeling like, you know, I wanted to be respectful, too, because Santa Fe and David used to date. Yes. And I don't know if it's seen with the other girl or anything, too. So, like, I just wanted to, like... Uh, not be you know like that girl but I wanted to have fun and like they were definitely on board <laughs> so there was no tension in the scene between you and her because yeah. of that right yeah I want you know yeah I wanted to be comfortable and respectful and but yet you know get down and be dirty <laughs> which we were <laughs> so david christopher whom we're talking about just wrote a book it's on amazon you guys can get it uh it talks about his life it's it's a little bit um disorganized but it's if you're a fan of 70s and 80s porn and 90s porn then you got to read this book uh so go check that out on amazon look it up it's david christopher have you have you seen the book yet there kiana I have. I was lucky enough. David gave me a signed copy. Mm -hmm. So I'm just reading that. And um, yeah, you guys should check it out. Yeah. Uh, it's so real history. <laughs> there's real porn history in there. It, it definitely tells his story. And, uh, um, you know, it, it, honest, honest, you know. Oh, yes. It's, it's very honest. It's a, it's a lot of stream of consciousness, you know, it's kind of just David speaking whatever comes to his mind, but that's David. 
if you know yep, David. that's why we love them that's why we love them <laughs> absolutely uh and then for those of you who are are up you know up and coming producers who are thinking about being producers or whatever reading his book actually made me think about some of the things that made him great as a producer and one of the things that he was really good at was finding really hot outfits for girls in his scenes girls you yeah. know like, he had an entire series called decadent divas which was really nothing but girls dressed in leather and latex as they did girl girl scenes and it was fantastic so i yeah. always like to throw in little tips on the show for uh, uh you know up and coming producer types uh tell you what before i ask you about your first scenes though i gotta talk about our show's sponsor which is the great sex panther um which i know that you're on you love sex I panther mm -hmm. absolutely it's the real deal yeah, so if you're uh, listening to the show right now, you've been listening for the last 15 minutes or so, getting to know Kiana over here by now, you've fallen in love with her. You said, hey, I didn't get to, I didn't know about her wonderful personality. I just seen her on videos. I wish I could get to know her better. You can do that. You do it through Sext Panther. Uh, and she's actually got a website now called sextkiana.com, right? Yes, thank you, Glenn. You're thank welcome. you for your help with that. <laughs> welcome. So that's S E X T K I A N N A dot com. And you go there and then you can get Kiana's phone number for free. For free? Yes. Yes. And then you can start uh, texting and sexting with her. Do most people get on there and just talk dirty to you or do you have conversations with people? Both both yeah i so, would say at first it started off like more just like dirty stuff but ever since like this pandemic i think some people have just like wanted somebody to uh, to talk to too or just i mean i've had like nurses and doctors be like just working so much and they just like want to get off or you know do some role play and yes just like blow off some steam <laughs> and a lot Absolutely. of my friends i've known throughout the years for a long time so you know we have a little conversation and we play yeah so isn't that fantastic that you can really get to know your fans this way we didn't have that as a possibility back 20 years ago it's so cool it really is so Kiana can send you dirty pictures of herself. She can talk dirty with you. She can actually get on the phone with you. Do you do the phone calls on there? I do. Mm -hmm. So you can actually talk to Kiana on the phone. All of these things are available to you at sexpanther.com. And not only is Kiana on there, but pretty much everyone that's ever been on this podcast. That's, you know, whether it be old time stars like Christy Canyon and Ginger Lynn or the newer stars of today, Courtney Taylor, uh, Christina Rose. Um, uh, uh, I forget who's been on the podcast sometimes, but almost everybody that's <laughs> ever been on the podcast is on Sex Panther. So if you are a fan of adult entertainment, go to sexpanther.com and start talking to your favorite adult star today. Uh, and also I would point out, because many of our audience members are um, adult stars themselves, if you are a female performer in the world of adult entertainment and you are not on Sex Panther yet, shame on you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, shame on them. Uh, you should be on there because you're missing an opportunity to get to know your fans and meet your fans. And if you want to be like Kiana over here who's cultivated relationships with her fans and, and established actual friendships over a 20-year period, 
um, you can do that on Sex Panther, and that'll be something that you'll have for a lifetime. So whether you're a fan or whether you're a performer, go to sexpanther.com today, sign up. If you are a uh, performer, you need help signing up, feel free to tweet me and I will get you hooked up. I have a very close relationship, obviously, with the wonderful people at Sex Panther. Okay, getting back to Kiana's, uh, her oh, origin wait, story. Yes. It is, really, it is really the girls. They verify the girls. Well, there's a controversy with OnlyFans going on right now in the world. Uh, so I'm not knocking OnlyFans because I love OnlyFans. I have an OnlyFans page. But one of the real super advantages of Sex Panther is that you're really talking to the, you know you're talking to the real girl. That is a yeah. great point. It is, yeah, it is, because it, it's important, too, because a lot of them are like, is this really you? Besides the fact of just, you know, being cute, but saying, is that really you? But, you know, there's so many fake profiles out there right now and scammers, so it's, it's important. It is a damn legitimate question. <laughs> I would be very um, skeptical meeting anyone on a website or whatever these days to make sure it's the real porn star and not, you know, her, somebody else. Right. Or most fans are like, oh, you knew it was you. I can tell by your voice, but just so others. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, you can tell a lot of times by the way they type and, and you know, the, 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 uh, just their personality. Well, let's get back to your origin story here, because we found out that you were a stripper in Canada. You got big <laughs> boobs. You went down to California and started doing some scenes here and there, and you blew up so fast you didn't need an agent because people were just calling you. What were some of the first scenes that you remember doing? A lot of them I did with David, Christopher. Yeah. I loved it. We had this, um, I loved it because also David, like, you know, because he knew I was new. So he would always plan these like really cool shoots for me that would like something I've never done or seen before to like blow my mind. So I would like always go out on these like sexual adventures, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like, you know, I'd never, you know, cause I'm like from a really small town outside of Van I was born, yeah, I was born in Vancouver, but I grew up like I'm a farm girl. And um, I didn't really fit in there, but, uh, you know, but <laughs> I love it. But David, I mean, it was just so crazy. He would just have some of the craziest girls show up or guys and, <laughs> and it was just fun. <laughs> yeah. I remember going to his sets and, and there were, first off, today on my sets, we have like five people maximum on a set. David sets had 20 to 30 people a lot of times, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huge. And Dr. Frank on there, Dr. giving massages. Frank. Oh, yeah, and dressing me. Imagine <laughs> that today. <laughs> that wouldn't be happening today. That would not be happening today. So this is funny. David, I'll explain to the listeners. David had a, uh, a doctor who was on every set and at David's house a lot. And <laughs> say that again. A doctor, like, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was more of a pharmacist than a doctor, I think. So he would give massages, was his, seemed to be what he did for David. He knew everyone in the world of porn, but um, he, it's funny because today, 
you don't get away with stuff like that, thanks to the, the Me Too. And I think it's a good thing that, you know, girls have started to come forward and say, hey, the director was not in the scene, but he, he suddenly started performing oral on me. But back in... Oh, Lord. Right? Back then, a lot of that was happening on every single set, including in the cases of, you know, these random people that were on set that you didn't quite know what they did. Yeah, just to watch. Like, that's not cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can remember at one point, David was trying to film, and there was so much background noise. And I asked him, what the fuck is going on in the background over here with your production manager doing all this shit? And he said, oh, he, he deals drugs or sells marijuana or something. And, the, you know, and I'm like, really? Yeah. Oh Scooby. And, and oh, I was wait, like, I remember that name, Scooby. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I was, I, I was like, I just don't get this, dude. Like, if you're going to let your production manager sell weed on set, wouldn't you at least make him go outside while you're filming? And yet, <laughs> it was the culture back then that it was so different. Set, it was so wild. Oh my God. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, are there examples, though, that you have of days on set where somebody just came up to you and started groping you that wasn't in the scene? Um, not in the scene. I mean, are you talking about like a Ron Jeremy? Well, that's a great example there of a guy who, I mean, Ron Jeremy does grope or did grope everyone he's ever met in his life. I've been, I've been groped by him mm -hmm. a few times, just my boobs. I was just, I was kind of shocked about these allegations. Um, I didn't know it went, or I guess we're going to find out if it went beyond that. Well, all right. So people know what she's talking about. Uh, Ron Jeremy, one of the most famous porn actors in the history of the business was arrested a few weeks ago uh, for assault charges. And when they say assault, they mostly mean that girls would come up to him at uh, various shows or bars or whatever. And then he would just start putting his fingers in them or maybe putting his dick in them or whatever. He, the guy had no shame about it, apparently, wow. allegedly, allegedly. He was like fingering them. Uh, and fucking them in some cases. It just depends on the accuser, but mm. some people have accused him of having like a whole setup where he would do a signing and then he had somebody there that would get the, num get the names of the girls that wanted to bang him or something after. And then he would go in the back and do something with the girls. And it's a little bit of a tricky uh, thing because you're talking about Ron Jeremy here. Everyone knows who he is and what he does. When you go up to him and ask him to sign your boob in the first place, you're right. sort of asking to be groped. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not giving full consent for him to shove his hands down your pants and yeah. put his finger in you. Yeah, no. But he, he's in jail. And right now, and yesterday or two days ago, they announced like 30 more charges against him uh, of more accusers who have come forward. I mean, apparently this is something that's just been going on every night for the last 20, 30 years. And now they're, he's facing like 250 years in prison the, if the charges are, you know, if he's found guilty. That's horrible. 
Yeah. What about this low cut top I'm wearing the viewers can't see? I wish they could see it. Uh, I know there's like a snapshot button or something here I can do. Well, if she'll let me, I'll put up a picture from this thing somewhere. Bloody top I'm wearing. Oh. Yeah. So Kiana is wearing a top that has her giant boobs spilling out. And this is the part yeah, of the show, I guess, where I invite her to come shoot for us with those big boobs again. <laughs> I know. I was like thinking, maybe I could fly. It's not so bad. Yeah. Well, you can stay at one of my houses. Let's get you down here and shoot a new scene because you still look uh, as good as you've ever looked. I mean, for some Thank reason, you. you are not aging whatsoever. Uh -huh. It's those Asian genes. Plus, I take good care of myself. I try to. Yeah. Uh, you take care of yourself very well. So, you know, if you guys want to see what I'm talking about, you need to go to her Twitter, obviously. Uh, what is your Twitter? Uh, what is my Twitter? Oh, it's Kiana underscore Dior. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like your phone number, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah people don't ask you i guess that much i don't recall the last time somebody asked me what my twitter was i just told them i don't know search glenn yeah. king there can't be that many of us put it in xxx and you'll find me for sure yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah for those of you i wish you guys could see this maybe someday we'll start doing video um on with the show but her boobs are just bursting off the screen right now i could actually grab them if i mean they're that big <laughs> they're like 3d like yeah. kind of letting your imagination work for the, you know, for the viewers out there. Everything's so in everybody's faces now. Uh, for yeah. Face that we're just talking about it and you don't get to see it. <laughs> well, what's fun? Okay, so I'll explain this to the viewers. I'm I really want to get into the world of virtual reality at some point, and we're sort of like a third of the way there right now as to where we need to get to. But I've been experimenting around with this uh, software that lets you take girls and pose them in different positions and then you can morph them. So I've been learning how to take normal sized girls and then expand their boobs. And there's a little, like a little meter wow. thing that you drag across and it, you know, and you're sitting there in the room in your virtual reality you can walk around the girl and look at her ass and look at her boobs and squeeze them and all this stuff. And, but you wow. got this little bar that you drag over to the right to morph the boobs bigger, as big as you can possibly go on there. That's Kiana's boobs. That's what you should imagine. <laughs> in this top. In this top. Yeah, the boobs have morphed. Definitely a booby top. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, so I kind of got your origin story down there. You went in the business, and, you know, from that point on, you've been going strong since. Let's talk a little bit about what you're doing today. First, I want to understand your COVID policies. Are you a total shut-in these days, like some of us, or you go out? I, I was totally a shut-in. But I also, um, I mean, but when I do go out, I definitely wear a mask. And if I go to the grocery store, I'm in my mask, my face shield, and gloves. Face but, shield, too. Yeah. You double up. Okay. 
just because I mean, especially when you go into like a place like Costco, like there's so many people in there. You cannot tell me that one of those motherfuckers does not have COVID. Hundred percent. So, yeah. I believe that, you know, some people don't believe in it. I believe that there's COVID definitely. I mean, anybody that I know and you know, I know a lot of people in the medical field, especially you know, my family, you know, there's a lot of Asians in the medical field. I mean, my cousin works at she's in the infectious disease ward in Canada somewhere. I mean, so you know, definitely, um, I don't I don't even believe like some of the YouTube videos that they were saying that these people were doctors and this and that. I mean, it could just all be a setup. I mean, I personally know uh good friends of mine and family that have like lost, you yes. know, uncles or something. So, you know, I take it seriously. I'm not just fucking it off or thinking it's political. <laughs> Well, I think uh, the biggest problem you have in terms of COVID communications is that there's two types of data out there to look at. There mm -hmm. is anecdotal data, and then there's data that comes from studies. Anecdotal data, you know, you may have a doctor who says, well, I used hydroxychloroquine on a patient and he got better. Okay, and that's great. You have, that's an anecdotal situation. That's one patient. Um, although if you don't do study data, you know, with study data, they take a group of people and they'll have two groups of people. One of them, they're using hydroxychloroquine on and the other, they're using a fake, you know, a placebo on and they're making sure they're not using any other drugs at the same time so they can really isolate. Yes. Is the hydroxychloroquine working? So in something like I understand my brother is a doctor and I get all kinds of information from him. For example, there was a blood plasma transfer test or whatever that they did was very small. It wasn't a full and big enough study to really get the information out of. But the problem is they were also giving the patient steroids in addition to the blood plasma transfer. Mm -hmm. We know steroids helps with COVID treatments. So unless you do the test where you isolate it, you don't really know which one was helping and which one wasn't. But in the case of hydroxychloroquine, they've done all these there are five different studies that they've done where they've shown that it has no effect whatsoever. The group that's taking the fake hydroxychloroquine has the same results as the group that's not. I mean, as taking the, the real hydroxychloroquine. So that's why the CDC has said, hey, we got to find a better drug. This really doesn't have an effect on, on most of the people. But yeah, right. getting back to your point, it's, it's real. And so... I applaud you. I, I, um, the problem with just wearing a mask, which honestly, that's all I ever do is wear a mask is that you could get the, um, you can get it in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So I should start wearing a face mask too. I, I mean, too, I just think, I mean, for both sides of the fence, honestly, just to like wear your mask or do whatever. I mean, it just hasn't been around long enough. So people are still learning. So, you know, one minute they can say one thing and the next minute it can be not true or true. I mean, so it just has, you know, to be fair for both sides. I mean, it just takes two minutes to put a mask on or something like just, just do it. It's a really small price to pay to just, you know, just yeah. to be safe because things can flip flop around and they probably will. I mean, I can understand why some people are upset because in the beginning, you know, they gave us false uh, data. I mean, really, they should just should have said like, we don't know because I just created so much with some people, you know, but. Absolutely. The more we, 
the further we go into this, the more we learn. I like that you're a squirmy person over there and constantly moving around, by the way, because I am too. So. <laughs> am I? I know I sleep like that too. I think I move around too much. The bear is always like, ah, ah, I get little, I get little kicks. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because a girl just got mad at me recently for telling her that she can't sleep in my bed. And I was like, I'm doing you a favor. Believe me, trust me on this. No one likes sleeping with me. I'm all over the place. You'll get kicked out of the bed. It's for your own safety because I move around so much. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, getting back to the COVID stuff there. I mean, I think we've learned a lot. And I think we've also learned now that something like 96% of all people who have died also had underlying condition or 94% right. of all people have died had underlying conditions. So if you have, um, you know, uh, uh, some kind of a lung problem or asthma or whatever, then you really need to have, take a different approach than people that don't. Um, have you been on a porn set since COVID started? Um, well, I'd be having like my own porn sets. I mean, I do believe that, um, I mean, I was completely shut in, like, so I didn't know if it was airborne or not, or what was going on, but I believe like you still need to go out like a little bit, but you know, be smart about it. Um, because you need to like have some kind of immunity. Yeah. So, you know, you build up your immune system so that like when you do start to go out, you just don't get like smashed. Right. You know, so, um, but I have been like on small ones, like my own, yeah. I've been shooting, uh, but you know, everybody like tests it like the night before and just doing the best that we can, you know, we can do. Yeah, that's good. Like no extra people, you know. Right. So you go on your own sets now. Who shoots for you? Uh, Johnny Darko. Good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Shoots all my stuff. Fantastic. So, I mean, you got one of the world's greatest shooters shooting your content for you then. That's wonderful. Yeah. We've been on each other for a long time. Like I met him back in the Danny Hart Drive days. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> old school. Oh, That is old. OG. <laughs> <laughs> so does does Darko wear a mask while he's shooting or no? Um, if it's just me, no. But he yeah. has. And he's tested, and you're tested, yeah. and everybody's mm -hmm. tested for COVID. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're like, doing that too. You? Yeah, we're shooting we're every week, uh -huh. and I have everybody test two days before for COVID because the results don't come back now until like one in the afternoon. At yeah. least not in Vegas. It's up and down. Yeah, yeah, at best one in the afternoon. Um, so we're still, we're shooting, but we have uh, the makeup artist wears a mask. Uh, Jimmy, my production manager, wears a mask. Uh, mm -hmm. If I'm doing camera or, you know, if I'm not in the scene, I'm wearing a mask. Uh, and we take everybody's temperature at the door. And, yeah. and it seems to be working, you know, because although there have been a lot of positive cases in our industry, as a general rule, it's it's working somebody goes off set for a week or two uh they get covid they try to come back for their next scene find out they've got it and then they're prevented from working until they're not um they don't have right. it enough anymore right and like i know this one girl and she kind of believes in a conspiracy and she she tested positive and she was like i don't think i had it even though she tested positive and i was like well you must have because like 
I've had seven negative tests from the same place. Right, right. <laughs> like, and I, you know, wasn't anything vicious or, you know, she, she just like really didn't get it. I think the part that they don't understand is that, okay, look, if you're a 23 year old girl who gets COVID and you're healthy and you don't have any symptoms, then yeah, it's not a big deal. But the big deal part is that you don't want to transmit it to somebody who turns out to have asthma who then ends up in the hospital on a respirator for four months. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I had asthma, I wouldn't be doing shit. No way. Yeah. But the only way we can get rid of this disease is by finding out who's got it and quarantining them. Mm -hmm. And and the people that test positive just have to accept it and actually quarantine. I was also trying to be careful, like, not to catch it because you don't, like, like I said earlier, it hasn't been around long enough. Like, you, we don't know, like, at the end of our lives, it could shave off 10 years off our lives. Like, we don't know, like, what could happen. Like, let's say if you had chicken pox or measles, then you could get shingles or or herpes. I mean, so we don't know, like, if you get this, like, what that could be later. Yeah, like, I agree. This hasn't been enough. So, I mean... I mean, I've never been so regular <laughs> with my vitamins and immune yes. shots. And yes. <laughs> I take so. elderberry juice every day, turmeric. Uh, you know, I still make the same smoothie that I used to make every week that I used to put that special apple cherry pomegranate juice in that I used Aww. to <laughs> I knew. I remember Bill, he wanted to get some of that juice and send it to you. We got to get that juice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for that that poor guy. For a while, I was telling him, "Listen, I need you to send out, you know, send somebody out for me." So we're talking about Bill Fox, everybody who mm-hmm. passed away last year. He was kind of like the center of the industry in many ways. Um, I think longer than a year. Yeah. Wow. You're right. It's a year and a half now. It was right after AVN uh, two years ago, two AVNs ago. Yeah. No, I miss him. I certainly do too. Yeah. I was, uh, I know you and I talked right after AVN. I sent you pictures of them doing the little tribute to him that they did at the show. Which I really wanted to be there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. It was that, and uh, I got into the Hall of Fame that year. So there you go, or that at that show. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. We're together on that one. I'm going to forget that. You didn't show up for your own Hall of Fame induction. I didn't even know I was going to get it. (laughs) Little bear was sick, and I just couldn't get a babysitter in time. He had bronchitis, so I... (laughs) Aww. (laughs) My boy. (laughs) Yeah, her dog we're talking about. Yeah, Um, her baby. That's right. So Kiana missed her Hall of Fame induction, and that's too bad, because it was really wonderful, and and that, and the thing is, is that like that might be the last AVN that was like that. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen down the road, but I don't know whether our world's going to go back to the way it was or not. That's a good question. It definitely has changed our lives. Yeah, I know they're doing virtual X biz right now. So, um, like, or maybe they did already this week. I, I couldn't. I don't know. I can't get interested in going to a virtual show. Maybe in the future when we've got the headsets and, and we can really feel like we're walking around in 3D or something, but 
I don't know. Aired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much has changed already in the industry and AVN laid off a bunch of the people that put together the show. So I don't know oh. what they're going to do next year. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Right. I don't think they're going to have an AVN show in, I, I think they've already announced we're not having an AVN show in 2021, but will they even have an AVN show in 2022? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I guess it's better to have like something, some virtual something. I under, I get what you're saying though. <sighs> How many awards do you have on your trophy shelf? Where's your trophy shelf? I only got the Hall of Fame out of all these years. <laughs> so that's just that's just friggin' wrong. That can't even be true because I, I agree, but. You've been in a thousand Darko videos, Johnny Darko. Um, did he not win any awards for videos that you were in? Oh yeah, some, but I I don't know what they are. What one? He didn't give you any. I didn't. <laughs> I would have given you an award if you were on the cover of a video that I got an award for. Nation won for best Asian movie one year. And there's like a, being a couple other things, but I, can't, I don't remember what they are. Well, where's your Hall of Fame trophy? Where'd you put I, it? I have it in I have it in my living room. Okay, that's a prominent I, display. It's good. Yeah. Well, I my have, old house, so it's like base is a issue. <laughs> oh, you, wait, old house? You moved again? You moved nope. in the last four years? No. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, because I like your house okay. over there. Oh. Thank All right, you. so you're filming nowadays mostly for your own OnlyFans and for Darko mm -hmm. and for me whenever <laughs> I can get you to Las Vegas here. Um, what kind of stuff are we seeing on your, on your OnlyFans? First off, I guess I should pull this up on my screen over here. Is your, how much is your OnlyFans? Let's see. I think it's $12.95. Okay, that's a pretty good price. OnlyFans. I put on there. It could be easily thirty dollars because it's not. I put like a lot of full hot actions, you know, triple X hardcore on my timeline for free. I for do free. Do, wow. Yeah, DMs too. Okay. So, but um, yeah. That's really cool. A lot of people have you know OnlyFans, but then they charge you a bunch of you know charge you. $30 for a video or something like that, but you're saying that you give it away. I'm looking at her OnlyFans right now. Um, she has 750 posts on there for $12.95. And plus, it doesn't include, like, they have, like, a story like Instagram does. So I always put up, like, a whole bunch of little pictures and videos, like, throughout the day. Plus, I wanted to do, I wanted to make it really good for people you know, just to try to help out a little bit, get through this pandemic thing. Like maybe, you know, some hot, you know, dirty pictures or some boobies or something might just ah, take your mind off of it for a while. <laughs> it's oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I think, and this is just a small recommendation here. I, I think you should hit the little button on there that lets people see what your feed is, but it doesn't, people can't see the pictures and the videos, but they can see what you typed. So then they know that, like, 
some girls don't want to do that because they only update their site like once a month or something where they'll go for two months without updating it. So they don't want guys to know how often they update it. But oh. if you're updating every day. Oh yeah. And like sometimes more than like once a day. Yeah. Well, you should let people see it then. I see that you have 40,000 likes on there. So... Uh, 750 so if you had 400 posts and 40,000 that would be a thousand likes per post or no 100 likes per post so you get a lot of members on there for sure so oh yeah so, how to do that I just didn't want to get into trouble I Bill fit you know um did my I don't know if you can get in trouble or anything uh, okay <laughs> if people can read um read it who knows how to change it's like the double standard though you know out there always how, how some girls can say and do whatever and others are being you know uh like yeah goals. <laughs> certainly on instagram i mean that it's crazy just that Brittany Razavi, i guess or ravazi is the one that everybody always points me to and they're like look at her she's naked every day on instagram and she, they don't, they let her get away with it. But if a porn star shows like the corner of her nipple or even a, like an outfit that's sort of see-through, she gets immediately deleted from Instagram. Like, I even wear a bikini on there. Like I'll put every so often, but only like if I'm in a pool or actually at the beach or something. Like I just can't be walking around in a bikini. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, are you friends with Brianna Banks? Um, I know who she is. I'm not like friends with her, but like I'm friendly with her. <laughs> you know, Bree checks in with me every once in a while, and it's like, it's every single time. It's like I fucking got deleted off of Instagram again, and I'm like, what'd you put? And she goes, headshots, nothing but my face on there, and they still delete me every time. No, it, that's super bad. I think what happens is like there's like haters. Or those fake profile people because it's the organization and that they just you know i joined instagram a little later so maybe i didn't have like the buildup of people so i don't know maybe like the algorithm or something it's just the the numbers and i think they're just able to attack you easier or something because there's like other porn stars that got verified and they can write whatever they want to write and wear whatever they want to wear and it seems to be fine i don't even understand they have a thing on there saying if you want to be verified you have to have at least ten thousand followers and uh, be somebody who is like a you know public figure or whatever i applied and they said they rejected me and i'm like well i have twenty thousand followers i never even got a response and i tried like a year ago I've been stuck at like 700,000 for forever. It takes me forever. I'm like in constant bullshit. With <laughs> Instagram, sure. You know. And here you have those 700,000 followers and you should be able to monetize them if they would just let porn stars um, be porn stars. And I, like I, I heard a rumor that Twitter was looking into this now that why shouldn't they? If somebody's got a million followers on Twitter, whether they're an adult or not, then you should be able to put up commercials, basically, and, you know, get paid for doing so. 
Yeah, like, who cares, honestly, if somebody's a porn star or not? Like, then you just need to get the fuck over it. Like, look yeah. at all those scammers out in the world, like, all the horrible things that they're doing compared right. to what porn star, like, like, that Bella girl just did. She just scammed all these people. Right. Okay. So, to clarify for our listeners, Bella Thorne uh, is a famous movie star. Apparently, I've never heard of her before this, but she joined. Me either. <laughs> But I don't keep up with stuff. But she joined OnlyFans. She got like a million dollars worth of money in the first day and told everybody, hey, here's a $200 pay-per-view picture of triple X nude of me. And then when they all paid their $200, they got a lingerie pic that belonged on Instagram that had zero nudity. Oh, but the porn stars are such scammers and chargebacks and we're such bad, horrible people. Exactly. Like, or like look at us compared to like some of these politicians it's it's ridiculous what the shit they put our poor industry through when yeah. at least we're an open book but look what the fuck they're doing it's disgusting yes it's disgusting like anybody that i personally know would never do anything like that what they're doing but yet we get the shit dick it's yeah. unreal we're the honest ones, damn it. More we porn people are honest. At least you see what's in our closet. Yeah, and I think one of the great things about the pandemic, and there are good things that will come out of the pandemic, but one of them is, is that people all over the country and all over the world are realizing that, ah, you know what? I got laid off at work. I can't get a job right now. My, my, you know, my industry is not working right now. Uh, you know, I'll just go on OnlyFans and entertain people and sell dirty pictures of myself or whatever. And by the time this is over, there's not gonna be this stigma of porn stars anymore because everyone's gonna be a porn star of one way or another on OnlyFans. Well, I hope that remember that when, when and if things go back to normal because sometimes people have, um, they do that. It's okay for them at that time when it's convenient for them, but then how soon they forget. Just remember, things never go back to normal. You and I are nearly the same age, so you know this. Like, everyone always wants things to be the way they were back in the good old days, and it never works that way. There's, there'll be a new good old days, but it's different. That's some 90s music or some 80s. Well, yeah, that's like, I didn't listen to a new song from 1990 until like 2019. Uh, but then I started listening to some new music somewhat recently. And I was like, okay, there is some good new stuff out here. But Oh, there is? There is. Check okay. out Lizzo. Lizzo is good. Okay. I never even heard of that. <laughs> I know because there was a tw a, like a 20-year-old on my set and she was listening to music and I was like this doesn't suck like your normal crap that these you know, 19 year olds bring in here and he's pretty good who's this her name is Kira Cole was the girl that turned me on to Lizzo and I was like hey this is good music it's sort of a mix of R&B and uh and you know jazz and um and uh I guess you'd call it R&B uh so she's good she's good well, okay, so that's your OnlyFans. What else are you doing? You're doing uh, a Sex Panther. Mm -hmm. uh, what else you got? I mean, I, that's that's it. Okay. I pretty put like, I keeps me plenty busy because I'm pretty hands on. Mm -hmm. 
But with this thing going on with OnlyFans, I mean, I wasn't sure if I should start looking into like another platform or something just just in case. Plenty of other platforms out there right now, for sure. Uh, you know, many vids. A lot of girls are putting their content on many vids. Uh, you know. I don't like the 40 cut, though. That's so old school for the videos. Which one? I think they take like a 60-40 cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. So old school. The, the difference is, is that they bring you traffic. So you should give somebody a higher cut if you're if they're bringing you people to buy it like only fans okay. doesn't bring you any traffic right right so they should get a lower cut but clips for sale and many vids and whatever i mean if there's a million people cruising around clips for sale on any given day looking for content that says asian big boobs then oh um, that's good though i didn't realize that they br they brought you traffic yeah all of them do i want clips many vids i and uh and clips for sale uh, they have people browsing around that have never heard of you and you can get a lot of new customers that way. So that's, that's why I do a lot of that. Oh, okay. Do you, is that bear here? Let me see yeah, bear. Yeah, that's bear. Okay. So I'm looking at her, her new dog, um, which is not new cause I just haven't seen her in four years, but he is adorable. He is a Yorkie. Is that right? Got a thing for Yorkies. You know, he's from the same bloodline as Sophia. Oh, I can I actually hear him sort of <laughs> moaning right now. Oh, I know as in Montana, the guide was like, Bear makes all these noises, these grunting noises and stuff, and little snorts. And he was like, oh my God, Aww. he makes the best moose calls. Aww. <laughs> oh, moose, that's him. <laughs> He's on the bed right now, and it looks like you shot him with a tranquilizer gun. Oh, now he's upside down. Aw. This is a cute little his, doggy. Hired from his Montana trip. Okay, well, that's the last topic I want to talk to you about today is your Montana trip, or basically I want to get some personal information that your fans who fantasize about being your virtual boyfriend can use here. So you just went on a trip recently that is not where most people go for vacations. What do you like to do for fun? I, apparently you like nature, huh? I do. I mean, I grew up on a farm. It's funny because I hated anything country for years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but now I just like lately, it just seems like, oh my God, just get me outside. <laughs> yeah. Away from the masses. I mean, at least it's safe. It's beautiful. I mean, you get outside, I get to do stuff. The people are friendly, you know, consider it i just really en enjoy myself and dressing up like a cowgirl it was fun it was so different <laughs> really so why did you dress up like a cowgirl were you riding horses and stuff out there I ride a horse but it just didn't have enough time but um i did some sh i you know i'm always shooting for my only fans and stuff so okay getting a little something out there so you shot a bunch of cool stuff for your OnlyFans in Montana? Yeah. <laughs> like like what? Did you do stuff with the outdoor outdoors? Yeah, outdoors. And I was like in total bear country too. Oh my god. They were like the guide was like 
is starting to get a little cold at night. So once once the air changes just a little bit, like for the towards the coolness, you have to be really careful of bears out there because they get really hungry because they know they're going into hibernation. So I thought I was going to be doing all this hiking. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so that didn't happen. Oh, okay. Because there's a lot of bear attacks out there. Wow. As the weather changed. So they really advised against it. <laughs> but I did do one shoot like right on the edge of the forest and I thought it was fine. And then my friend was like, oh my God, that's total bear country. And like last year, two people were attacked like two miles from where I was. Ugh. So you better really like this. <laughs> did you see a bear while you were out there? I didn't. I didn't. I would not go into the forest. I would not. Um, there was a great story I read yesterday. Apparently, a guy was out shooting elk with his mm -hmm. uh, bow and arrow. I don't know where this was, but maybe Canada. Uh, so he shoots the elk with his bow and arrow, but the um, elk gets away. So he figures, well, it'll be dead by morning. So he comes back the next day to the same spot, and there's his elk with his arrow in it still. So he brings up his bow to shoot the elk again, and the elk charged him and gored him and killed him. So it's no. like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it's fair. Not knocking hunting so much, but listen, if you get wow. to kill the elk, the elk should have equal opportunity to kill you. And in this Absolutely. particular case, it was elk one, hunter zero. Oh my God, you got to try to find out where that was. Okay. I'll find Is the story. Oh my, I saw moose out there. I went down the river. I saw two moose, um, a lot of elk. Not actually not elk, deer, buck antelope that was really cool nice well that sounds like a great trip all right so if you guys are out there thinking how do i become a kiana's virtual boyfriend this is a thing you're gonna you need to get your nature uh nature game <laughs> step up your nature game be ready to take her somewhere where they have bears and no. elk. <laughs> easy at times <laughs> that's it all right well thank you so much for doing this i know this was your first podcast ever uh mm -hmm. you know i hope the viewer the listeners enjoy just kind of listening to the two of us sort of ramble like this um tell everybody your social media one more time where they can get all your great content uh my twitter is kiana underscore dior uh, my instagram is official kiana dior uh it's sexkiana.com. S-E-X-T, yep. And uh, my OnlyFans, you know, it's on the link. OnlyFans, yeah, underscore Dior. <laughs> and that's it. And you don't have that website anymore, I guess, that Bill Fox used to run for you. No, he, he did my OnlyFans. Oh, okay. So he must but have I converted have, it over. I do have my Kiana Dior. It's just a home, like a splash page. Okay. Where you find me. I do sell some movies on Pornhub and stuff, but you know, all my links are on my kianadior.com if you get confused. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. Kiana Dior. If you are one of the legions of Kiana fans 
who are listening to the program for the first time to check out Kiana. We thank you very much for listening and we hope that you will hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review as that helps us get sponsors and recognition throughout the world of podcasting. So there you go, everybody. Uh, my name is Glenn King again. I'm Glenn King XXX on Twitter. That's G-L-E-N-N-K-I-N-G-X-X-X on Twitter. The podcast Twitter, which has like, I don't know, a thousand followers at this point, not too many, is M-A-M Podcast One. So go check us out and follow us. There you go, everybody. Another great episode of Mature Audiences Mayhem. Thank you very much for listening. Yay!